0: Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. As we think about our theme for the day of freedom, we are this morning going to consider freedom from bondage. I'd like to ask you what you think of when you hear the word freedom. What is the first thing, what are the first things that pop into your mind when you think about freedom? Well, I was thinking about the idea that what it means to to be free from a bondage that was imposed on me by my parents. That's what I used to think in high school It was about time to go to college, and I thought, I can't wait to get out of here. That will be freedom, because this is bondage. So I get to get on my own and do what I want to do and be where I want to be, thinking all along that I was in a bondage situation. That's what I think about when I think of freedom and bondage. It wasn't right, but that's what I thought. Maybe a lot of people think about Those who are in prison, they have lost freedoms. They are in bondage because of things they have done and kept away from the liberty of life because of that. But maybe many of us think about bondage from and the freedom of it from the times when all around the world, in this country and in other places, when slavery was imposed upon others because of the power someone had over them? What do you think about when you think about freedom and bondage? I want us for a few minutes to think about this concept. And then lead in tonight to Zach helping us understand the freedom that is in bondage. Sounds odd, but I'm sure he will do a good job telling us about that. This morning, think with me first. Let us contrast freedom and bondage. Now, in some ways, they are so easily contrasted. But let's look at the definitional idea of this freedom. What would you say is freedom? Well, freedom is the absence of a necessity, or co- coercion, or constraint by someone else for actions. You're not required to do this. No one is putting a thumb on you and making you do this. That's what we think about. That's one of the definitions. It is liberation from the control of another. I'm liberated, free from having someone else controlling me. Another definition was the release or exemption from something that was onerous, didn't feel good, didn't taste good, it wasn't good, and it caused me problems, and now I've been released or exempt from it. That's what freedom is. I think we can all understand freedom. We know what it means. We've we've celebrated it this weekend, recalling the freedoms that we gained as a country to be the country that we are now. Let's talk about bondage. So what is bondage? Bondage. Well, bondage is the tenure or the time of service given to a a villain, a serf, or a lord, a ruler. And I looked up the word villain because I'd never seen that spelling of it before. V-I-L-L-E-I-N. That's just another synonymous term to the old-time serfs or plantation or uh, castles, and, and they were in charge of the people working the fields. And so to be in bondage was to, to be under their control. It means to be constrained by another It means to be held away from what you want to do and to be under the rule of somebody else. These ideas of freedom and bondage, we pretty well understand. Right now, I'm thinking about bondage. We had been freed partially for the month of June, coming back together to meet together. But now we're back in bondage again, not able to assemble as a family in this place, assembling with our own families in other places. And so this is a type of bondage. And I'm sure that many people feel the weight of the bondage that this virus has placed on us as a country, as people. Therefore, we know what it means. Now, granted, we don't suffer in the way that people who are suffering for their crimes do so in prison. It's a different kind of bondage, but we can understand it just a little bit. And we want to be free from that bondage. The thing that unites the two, the common denominator between freedom and bondage is personal liberty and personal choice. On the one hand, it exists in freedom. On the other hand, it does not exist because of bondage. So when we talk about freedom and bondage, we're talking about things that affect our personal will, our ability to choose, our freedoms to act in the way that we want to act. We know freedom. We know bondage. We know it spiritually. What I want us to see today is that we have been spiritually released, exempt, taken away from the constraint and the control of those things that had us bound in a spiritual sense. We have been released from those things. Let me suggest to you, that the bondage that sin brings comes through ignorance. I want you to turn with me to Romans. And I want you to consider with me some things that Paul says in that passage. We're going to start in verse number 7. I want you to think about this word ignorance with me. For what I'm suggesting is this. The people in the world who do not know God, who have not been released by Jesus from their bondage, they are there out of ignorance. They don't even realize what has happened to them. Listen to Paul starting in verse 7 of Romans chapter 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. Well, Paul is addressing the idea. The law of Moses that God gave to the Jews has been taken away. And a new covenant with God has been formed through the blood of Jesus Christ, the covenant of the New Testament. There are many then who would say, well, that law was no good, and it wasn't any good at all, and therefore, it's good that it's gone. Well, we could go to Hebrews, for instance, and learn that, yes, it was replaced, but not because it was bad. It was replaced because people could not keep it perfectly. Nobody except Jesus Christ perfectly observed the Mosaic law, and at the same time kept the law of God that is contained in the Mosaic law. The Mosaic law became so filled with the ideas of men versus God that sometimes they were seen to be inseparable. But Jesus kept the law of Moses and the law of God perfectly. Nobody else could. So certainly not. The law is not sin. Continue. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, "You shall not covet." What's Paul saying? He's saying, he was living in ignorance. Were it not for the law, were it not for something from God, were it not for God telling us in Revelation, telling him that these things were wrong, he would not have known it. Now, in some ways, there is a law that governs everything outside of the law of Moses or the new covenant. That is the law of life, the the law of society, the law of people living together. But Paul's statement is this. I don't, I wouldn't have known it. Not that he would have thought that covetousness necessarily was right because there is an innate sense in every single human being of things that are right and things that are wrong. The problem was, That he didn't understand it. He would not understand it. They would not get why it is wrong. They would not care about it being wrong necessarily. And even if they felt something, they had nothing to connect it to. There's an ignorance in sin that keeps people in bondage. Verse 8, but sin taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Again, without the law, without the revelation from God, sin as a conscious thought separating me from God, Paul said, was dead. It didn't exist. I was alive once without the law. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. What is Paul saying there? He said, before I knew God's law, I thought I was alive. I thought things were great. I thought I was okay. I was fine. Or as we might say in our terms, I was fat and happy. I could eat. Participate, do, go where I wanted to. Everything was great. But then he said, the commandment came. The word from God penetrated me. And then I realized my own sinfulness. And then I died. You see, sin is a bondage. It is a bondage that holds on to us by ignorance. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't get it. People in the world without Jesus Christ just don't get it. And they live their lives day after day after day without giving a thought to their condition with God. Therefore, the greatest power of bondage that sin has seems to me to be ignorance of what really is going on in your life. Oh, but thanks be to God that we have been freed from the bondage of ignorance. We've been freed from the bondage of ignorance because we know, we've come into contact with, we understand the word of God, and therefore we have obeyed it. We've given our lives to it. We should be thankful that someone cared enough for us to share the gospel with us. I think about that as it relates to my family, for instance. How far back with your families can you say that the Lord had a part because they were Christians, they were children of God? I think back to both sets of grandparents who came to the Lord because somebody shared the gospel with them. And then they were able to share it with their children, who then shared it with me. And I've shared it with my children, and my children are teaching our grandchildren. That's a legacy. Because someone took the time to teach. May it ever be that we are on the lookout for those whom we can teach, with whom we can share the gospel message of Jesus Christ, so that they, too, can be released from the ignorance that binds them in sin because they do not know. So from what have we been released? What bondage has been taken off? What freedom do we now have that without Jesus Christ we would not have? I think, first of all, of Jesus' words in Matthew 6 and verse 24. You cannot serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll Clean to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or things of this world. Number one, we have been released from double-mindedness. When we become children of God, we are deciding not to be double-minded, not to make it our goal to please both sides. Now, granted, we fight the battle. I understand that. The bondage of trying to serve two gods at the same time, two masters at the same time, is impossible. You can't do that, especially when the two masters are at such odds with each other and trying to control us. Through Jesus Christ, we get away from, we can have the bondage of double-mindedness removed. Number two, we have been released from the bondage that exists in the lies that sin has told. Jesus said in John 8 and verse 32, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. When we became children of God, we then came to understand the lies that Satan tells, the lies that sin says. And when we are in it and don't see it, we are held in bondage by those lies, by that deceit. But we have been released from those bonds that lie that sin tells those lies to us to keep us there number 3 paul wrote in romans chapter 8 in verse 1 and 2 There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. When we became Christians, we were released, freed, from the bondage of the law of sin and death. Now what is that? The law of sin and death is this. I'm a sinner, therefore I deserve to die. That's the law of sin and death. And the law of sin and death says I can take care of myself. People in the world are doing just that. They are trying to take care of themselves. They are making their own decisions, how they're going to live and what they're going to do without any thought to God. When we become children of God, we are released. There's no condemnation for us anymore. Because the law of sin and death has been set aside by the death of Jesus Christ. God doesn't look at me in a condemned fashion. Before I became a Christian, that's exactly what he looked at me and said, you are condemned in your own sin. Oh, but we have been freed from that bondage. Romans 8 and verse 21 For even this world will be released from the corruption of bondage that it had received when sin came into the world. Paul depicts the creation of God, that is, the physical creation, the world, the plants, the animals, the elements. He depicts them as suffering themselves because of sin coming into the world. How do they do that? Through decay. When we became Christians, we were freed from the bondage of decay. While everything around us is decaying and falling apart, Paul says of us in 2 Corinthians 4, though our outward bodies are perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. No more. Are we under the bondage of decay? Certainly physically we are, but that really doesn't affect us as it relates to our future But those who are not children of God, the decay is affecting their future. For they will die, and it's over. God wants us not to fear the decay of this life. That bondage is released when we came into Jesus Christ. Again, we have the, we've been released from the concept of opportunism. That is people taking opportunity to do us harm. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 29, why should my freedom be judged by the conscience of another? In Galatians chapter 2, he says that there were people who came in, spies sent in among us to spy out the liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. Without being too graphic, I want you to understand what was going on. In the first century, those Gentiles were coming into Christianity and there were Jews who couldn't stand the idea that there would be Jew and Gentile people coming into the family with them, and they were uncircumcised, and the Jews were circumcised. And they expected that if these Gentiles are coming in, they not only can be Christians, they also have to adopt circumcision. And so what would happen is there would be Jewish people, Christian people, Who would go into the public bathhouses just to find out if this person is circumcised or not? What a terrible thing to do. Taking an opportunity to find out something and to use it against someone. We have been, we've escaped that. We're out of the bondage of that. We are free and we don't have to and should not be bound by people taking advantage of us spiritually. Don't let someone take spiritual advantage of you. Paul says again in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13. He reminds them we've been called into liberty. Love one another and do not use your liberty as an occasion for the flesh. In other words... Now, he's saying, not only are others not taking advantage of you, but you don't take advantage of them. As children of God, we are called into a place where all of us are not trying to take advantage of each other. We're trying to live together. We're trying to do the best for each other. We want to love each other, whereas the world is scheming and conniving. They stab you in the back. They do what they can and will. Do For the moment, God says, that bondage that people are in, in Jesus Christ, you are free from it. Two more. The Hebrew writer in chapter 2 and in verse 15 refers to those people who all their lifetimes were subject to the bondage of death, but now have been released into the children of God. Now, this idea of death is the idea that says death is the end. Death is the end. Nothing else for me is out there. When we become children of God, we're released from that bondage. And now death is the beginning, not the end. It is the beginning of the rest of our eternal lives in paradise. That's a wonderful freedom to have. That prior to being Christians, we did not have. A final one is 2 Peter chapter 2. I want to start at verse 18. Speaking of false teachers. When they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, the ones who actually escaped. ...from those who live in error. That is, false teachers get people back. Having escaped from that, these false teachers get them back. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is bought into bondage." When we became children of God, we were released from the control of false teachers who are trying to hold us, confine us, and keep us there because it benefits them. We have been freed as Christians from the bondage of sin, And I have suggested to you today that the bondage of sin lies uh, most prominently in ignorance. Keeping people ignorant so that they will stay where they are. That's what sin does. But God, by his message through Jesus Christ and the Bibles that we hold and read, help us to know true freedom. I don't need to. You don't need to be ignorant anymore. God has revealed. If you are still under the control of Satan because you've not been released through the blood of Jesus Christ in water baptism, we want you to be. And if you keep being pulled back into those things and away from the glorious liberty that is in Jesus, we want to help you. And though we are not assembled here today together, if you right now have a need on your heart and an idea of something you need to talk about, please give me a call. And I'll be glad to meet with you and talk with you. And we can help each other come out fully of those those bondage, those bonds that sin has on us into the glorious liberty of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. May God bless our country. May God bless our people. May God bless our church. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.